Hi again, everyone. Our second Bible reading for today is from John's Gospel, chapter 12, verses 1 to 19. So this is what it says, John, chapter 12, verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honour. Martha served, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well, for on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and putting their faith in him. The next day, the great crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all of this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realise that these things had been written about him and that he had done the, they had done these things to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had given this miraculous sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. This is the word of the Lord. We are going to begin a new series beginning today from John chapter 12. We're following off where we left off last year around Easter time and we will be making our way through the gospel of John. And so do read ahead, prepare yourself, but now let's pray that God may help us understand this part. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you'll help us see your glory in the face of Jesus Christ, your Son, who came for us to bring you glory. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I'd like to begin with a question and that is, do you find it easy to lose focus in life? Especially now when it appears that all our life has been turned upside down. I mean, what was normal only a few weeks ago? What was allowed only a few weeks ago, like playing tennis, is now not only allowed, but illegal. I mean, life can feel now like a merry-go-round combined with a roller coaster or combined and it can feel just terribly dizzy. I mean, for those of us who are trying to work at home with kids around, how easy is that? It's like trying to get everyone to be quiet at a circus. It's just impossible. But of course, more seriously, 
Life has been disrupted in so many ways. It's just so hard to stay focused. I mean, some of us, we're thinking about our elderly parents or grandparents hoping that they'll stay safe. A friend of mine who was meant to get married last Saturday, well, he did get married, but it was a very different wedding. That joyful beginning that he was hoping for wasn't that at all. Or another wedding that was meant to be held at our church, well, that's now postponed. And funerals, it's... It's more difficult to organize a funeral now than ever. And I'm sure you've seen all over the news already. The panic buying, buying of so many people, buying toilet paper and flour. and I mean, the, the world's almost gone crazy. And so how do you stay focused, especially now? Because if there is a time to not lose focus and to not lose perspective, it is now. We cannot forget that there is a king our Lord Jesus Christ, who continues to reign and to rule. And it is a timely reminder, especially today, given that it is Palm Sunday. And if Jesus is king, even though life may feel like a roller coaster, we need to remember the three things we see in this passage. The first is, Jesus still deserves our loving devotion. See, it's very easy with all the scrambling around to start to love things and, and stuff and toilet paper and food more than Jesus, our first love. But that would be to completely miss the mark and lose focus. And the second we see in this passage, Jesus still deserves our humble dependence. It's very easy to place all our hopes in our government, in their stimulus package, in our health system. I mean, they are doing a brilliant job. We need to keep them in our prayers, of course. But we cannot make them our saviour, for they can never be our saviour. And the third thing we learn in this passage is, Jesus still deserves our joyful declaration. It is very easy to fill up our time talking about just filling up our time, how we're keeping busy, or just talking about the virus. But, but that will be to miss our opportunity to declare to this world that Jesus is King. You see, Jesus, our King, still deserves our loving devotion, our humble dependence, and our joyful declaration. And so let me ask you, how much of your life now has that in focus? And so firstly, we see in this passage, that the day before Palm Sunday... Loving devotion that Jesus deserves is what we see, and he does deserve it. The scene here is a dinner party in honor of Jesus, and of course you would. He just raised Lazarus from the dead, and that's the type of king he is with that type of power. Now imagine if you were at this party. What would you be doing? I mean, Martha, always busy serving Lazarus, well, he just came back from the dead, so you can't blame him for just reclining at the table with Jesus. But then we see the right and proper focus. A beautiful, lavish expression of loving devotion of Mary. The same Mary who sat by Jesus' feet while her sister was busy cooking and complaining. And when we read this, we're meant to be shocked by the extravagance of her loving devotion. Have a look at verse 3. Then we read, Mary took a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. 
and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Now, some of you, I'm sure you use perfume and cologne, and perhaps many of you should, but a few sprays is often enough. And so how are we meant to make sense of this? It's expensive, and it's on the feet, and she used her hair to clean the feet. Uh, I mean, was she out of her mind? Did she completely lose the plot? Well, no. For she knew, sitting before her, was the king of the universe. I mean, even today, with human kings, like the king of Thailand, even his queen is expected to fall prostrate before his feet. But here we're not talking about any human king. This is the king who can raise the dead. But what makes this loving devotion even more shocking was how much it cost. And we read here how much it was worth. It was worth a year's wage. Now, now how much is that? Well, today, minimum wage in Australia is about $38,500. So imagine that. $38,000 in a bottle poured out just like that. Now, of course, that's just minimum wage. But a graduate, you'll be on about $60,000. A whole year's wage poured out just like that. And so you have to think, why not just a few drops? Save some for later. Wouldn't that be enough? Well, was it a terrible, miscalculated mistake that Mary made? Well, you can understand why Judas then said what he did. In, in verses 4 and 5, have a look with me. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wage. So you can understand why he was thinking such a thing. Surely Jesus didn't deserve that much love. What a terrible waste. But what was he focused on? What was he more concerned with? Well, he was focused on lining his own pocket. And we're told here that he was a thief. But how did Jesus respond to Mary? I mean, if anyone did that to you, how would you respond? I mean, if anyone did what Mary did to Jesus to me, I'll feel terribly uncomfortable. I mean, don't waste that on me. Don't wash your, my feet with your hair. But what did Jesus say? Well, look at verse 7 now. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You see, Jesus didn't say that it was a waste, but that it was a good thing. You see, Mary may or may not have realized the greater significance of what she was doing. She certainly did it out of loving devotion, but Jesus explained what she did. She was preparing the body of Jesus for burial. But more than that, the next verse should shock us even more. Look at verse 8 now. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. That is, what Mary did was more important than sell it and giving it to the poor. She showed proper, loving devotion, as extravagant as it was. Now, this was not Jesus being uncompassionate or unconcerned for the poor. Not at all. We know from the gospel that he was concerned. He fed, he provided, he cared, he shepherded the poor. But what Jesus was teaching, he was, he was making a profound point, And that is that there is a kingdom priority. The king was right there in front of them. And they missed it. Jesus is saying that there is a kingdom priority that takes precedence. 
loving devotion to the king, it is never a waste. And isn't that what we still need to keep in focus today too? You see, Jesus is still our king. The world might be in turmoil. Our lives might be in turmoil. But we don't stop loving him. We don't start to love things more than him. And perhaps when it's easier to be selfish and to hold on to things for ourselves, just because that's what the rest of the world is doing, we cannot be. We still need to be generous in our giving, in our serving, in our offering, selfless in our love, and our hearts so overwhelmed by God's love for us that how can we not be like Mary in showing extravagant, loving devotion to our King? You see, even now, as crazy as life might be, Jesus deserves our loving devotion. And we need to keep that in focus still. But not only our loving devotion, but our humble dependence. See, a few weeks back, when things went out of control in Italy, the number of cases just skyrocketed. Over 6,000 cases in the one day. The number of people dying into the thousands. Doctors and nurses not provided with enough protective gear and, and so many getting sick. And the hospitals just unable to cope. Do you know what the Prime Minister of Italy tweeted? He said, we lost control of the epidemic. We died physically and mentally. We don't know what to do anymore. All solutions on earth have ended. The only solution is to the sky. Now, do you know what he realized then? Or what was it that he was longing for? You see, what he was longing for was a solution that comes from outside of us. The need for someone to save us because we can't save ourselves. But you see, what he was in fact longing for was not new. That longing for, for peace, for hope, for harmony, for security, for joy, was not just in this crisis, that, that longing for salvation, that sense of assurance, that, that sense that I will be okay, that even in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, that hope that even in the face of death, that there is a heaven I can call home. There's this uh, wonderful article published by the Gospel Coalition. Uh, the author puts it well. He, he writes, We know that death is near. In fact, when the swelling curve of COVID-19 finally ebbs to normalcy, we'll still have the greater epidemic to deal with on our planet. The death rate will still be 100%. And so on today, Palm Sunday, it was the longing cry that we hear amongst the crowd who came out to see Jesus. Do you, do you see what they cried for? It was their cry and the cry for centuries. And we see it in verse 13. Have a look with me. Verse 13. They took palm branches, went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna. Hosanna. It, it literally means save us now. A and their cry, perhaps beyond their understanding and expectations, their cry for Hosanna was being fulfilled right there and then. Hosanna. Christ has come. The King has come to save them. And again, isn't that also what we need to keep in focus today? 
our humble dependence upon our king. The death rate will still be 100% with this virus or without. But for those of us who cry out, Hosanna, save us now and believe that Jesus is king who can save, our Hosanna is answered, which means perhaps for your self-reflection. How afraid of you of this virus? How, how afraid are you? Now, I'm not saying we should be careless about it, because if you depend your life upon anyone or anything else, you'll end up feeling crippled by fear, because even if this virus does not kill us, something else will, or you'll be deeply unsettled and restless. You'll try to grab onto any sense of security you can, and it should be really, if you think about it, laughable what happened weeks ago when everyone was clinging onto toilet paper as their security, like that's going to help. Or you'll just end up bitter and lash out at the government or hospitals or whoever because you're searching for a saviour, but you're missing the king who came. You see, it is only Jesus who deserves our utter humble devotion, and that is to confess when we confess Hosanna, save us, Jesus is that king who can. But now we see in this passage, not only our loving devotion and our humble dependence, but also our joyful declaration of him as king. And our world needs to know about our king now more than ever. Again, the crowd here on Palm Sunday were probably declaring more than they knew again. They called him king. Uh, they, uh, he's fed them, he's healed them, he's even raised the dead. And so they came out, declared him as king. In verse 13 again, uh, we read, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. There was joy and celebration. Finally, a king to save them. But did you notice what type of king Jesus will be? You see, they were perhaps expecting a militant king, one who will return from the battle of war on a war horse. But Jesus here comes as meek and mild, that humble king riding on a donkey, but at the same time fulfilling the prophecy of Zechariah. And so in verse 14 now we read, Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it as it is written, Do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. You see, the disciples, even at this point, they couldn't make sense of it. The Pharisees who hated him couldn't make sense of it. Seems like the whole world is going after him, they say, at the end of this passage. But we can make sense of it, can't we? We know who he is now, because we know what happened a few days later. Because in only a few days' time, this same king, declared as king now, will be hanging on a Roman cross, flogged, butchered, and, and it seemed defeated. But that same king will rise to resurrection life as the king who reigns and rules over all. And again, isn't that what we need to keep in focus now? A king they joyfully declared better than they knew but a king we continue to declare because we now know better he's the one who faced death itself for us in our place and he smashed it 
what sweeter words can come out from our mouths now than to declare to this world look to Jesus he is king and so we can do that can't we over the phone with our friends online texting chatting he is the king who rules and reigns he's the king who died for you and our world needs to hear about him now more than ever you see Jesus deserves our joyful declaration and so are you losing focus in life now or are you staying focused the circumstances and the situations we find ourselves in now they are in no way accidental nor are they without purpose and it really is a test isn't it the, the time now the test for us who call ourselves Christians it's the test whether we're for real whether our faith is genuine whether our heart's conviction is sincere is my loving devotion really to my king because Jesus demands no less from me now am I humbly still dependent upon my king because Jesus wants nothing less for me now and do I joyfully still declare about my king because Jesus is the only king there is I mean this past week I had the opportunity to speak to many of you over zoom and Skype and and many of these conversations were so encouraging how you are expressing your loving devotion your humble dependence and your declaration of Jesus in one conversation I had it really nourished and enriched my soul just to hear what one brother was doing it was one of our brothers from our church I asked him what has God been teaching you and he shared about the current crisis we spent a little bit of time talking about that but but he then got, went on to say you know it's humbled him to depend on God's strength even more so to be like he's been encouraged to be like the smell of Jesus to those around him those in his family and his workplace to declare Jesus even when his boss called him it was very encouraging to hear he took the opportunity to talk about his own mortality and his own death and to express with such wonderful gospel confidence I'm not afraid of death to share that with his boss willing to declare about this king to his boss and there's this wonderful loving zeal for Jesus in his heart the words of this man just really nourished me and encouraged me and as I thought about that I thought that is how we need to be now not losing focus not losing perspective but staying focused and that's how we are to stay focused as the beloved people of the King let's pray dear Heavenly Father we do thank you for Jesus Christ who is King but we pray for your mercy help us now to not lose focus with all that is happening but to remember that Jesus remains our King the one whom we must love depend on and declare and so do grant us the strength that we may do it boldly for the glory of Christ and we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord and King Amen